Potential is hard because Facebook is easy. You might not often think about companies like that in the same sentence as your own potential, but you should. Twitter doesn't want you to start a business. TikTok doesn't want you to run a half marathon. HBO Max doesn't want you to write a book. Whenever you dare to spend more time exploring your potential and less time distracted, hundreds of thousands of people get very nervous. It's true. Welcome to Philosopher Insights, the podcast that delivers wisdom in minutes a day that you can put into practice daily and strive to master over a lifetime. The podcast committed to sharing ideas that encourage you to bridge the gap between who you are today and the person you aspire to be in the future. Hi, my name is Herb Lamba and welcome to my podcast where I will share practical insights from the world's best authors. Knowledge isn't power, applied knowledge is. The quest to become the best version of you starts right now. Hi, and welcome to Philosopher Insights. My name is Herb Lamba. Today we're discussing All It Takes is a Goal, the three-step plan to ditch regret and tap into your massive potential. The author is John Acuff. The book is published in 2023. I want to share a number of my favorite insights, starting with the best moments list, the performance zones, make it easy to win, easy, middle, guaranteed, calendar heist, guaranteed success, the scorecard, and finish it off with back down the goal ladder. So let's start with the introduction. Quote, When I got curious about tapping into my full potential, I did what I always do when I get curious. I commissioned a research study with Dr. Mike Peasley, a professor at Middle Tennessee State University. He and I asked more than 3,000 people if they felt they were living up to their full potential. Only 4% of them said yes. That's a surprisingly low statistic but it's not the one that stood out to me the most. According to our study, 50% of people feel that 50% of their full potential is untapped. That means half of us are walking around with half-lives. No wonder Twitter is so grumpy. Imagine if every Christmas you only opened up half your gifts. You could see the rest, a whole pile of them in the corner of the room, but you never got to open them. The crazy thing is that no one was stopping you. There might be friends and family members encouraging you to open them all, but for some reason, they just felt out of reach. Would that make for a happy Christmas, a happy house, a happy job, a happy anything? It wouldn't, but what if it didn't have to be that way? What if you could write that book, start a business, declutter that garage, and pay to fly your immigrant parents first class back to the Netherlands so they could finally see the Tulip Festival? What if I could turn your potential into a goal? What if all it takes is a goal? That would certainly simplify an otherwise confusing challenge. You can't take action on an idea you can't even define. And potential is such a fuzzy word. It's like trying to win a race without a finish line. The more I thought about it, the more I kept coming back to one critical question. What if all it takes is a goal? Could I trigger a host of easy goals that would cascade into bigger accomplishments by turning this thing I suddenly cared about, my potential, into a goal, end quote. Well, if it isn't obvious already, let me share something earth-shattering with you, especially if you're a brand new listener. I love John Acuff's work. Ever since my first encounter with his work, when I inadvertently picked up his book Finish at the library, I have been eagerly searching for chances to showcase his books. He's a genius at blending life-changing insights with just the right touch of humor, making his books an absolute joy to read. Much like John's other books that I featured on this podcast, Quitter, Finish, Soundtracks, and Start, this book is a must-read for anyone looking to improve their lives. 
I am honored to dive into a handful of my favorite insights, so let's begin. Insight number one, best moments list. Quote, which activity would be easier for you? One, describe the best life you could achieve over the next 20 years. Or two, describe the best things that have ever happened to you over the last 20 years. One is fantasy, the other is history. One requires the courage to push through every fear, the vision-casting ability of Warren Buffett, the future-shaping creativity of Elon Musk, the unbridled positivity of Oprah. The other requires a pen and a piece of paper. I tried the first option for years and never had any success. I was zero for one million against the vision wall. Finally, sitting in Augusta, Georgia airport one afternoon, I decided to give the second option a spin. I wrote best moments on a page in my notebook, and then I just started to write things down. I'd never once been asked to create a list of my best moments in life, almost as if they didn't matter or have anything to teach me. The best moments list changed that. Instead of digging around in a coal mine for mistakes, it invited me to look inside a diamond mine of hope, end quote. So in today's world, many people struggle to define their future. Yet every single one of us possesses the power to unearth valuable experiences from our past. These experiences can be the foundation for nurturing self-awareness and confidence. Quote, It's not a portrait built from the hopes you've been carrying for years, but haven't acted on. It's a snapshot of who you really are. End quote. I'm reminded of David Goggins and his great book, Can't Hurt Me, where he shares this. Quote, the cookie jar is something I've made up of all the failures of my life. All the things that I failed and I went back and finally succeeded. All the things that kicked my ass. I put them all in a cookie jar. Because in times of suffering, even the hardest men forget how hard they are. Suffering is just a test of life. Whenever I get pulled into a woe is me or life sucks mentality, I step off and pull out something from my cookie jar and remind myself what a badass I am. It's a reminder of who you truly are at the core of yourself, end quote. Insight number two, the performance zone. Quote, I am a goal nerd. You might not be, but you are a high performer. How do I know? Because lazy people don't read books like this. They don't even know this section of the bookstore exists. Low performers don't voluntarily read books about tapping into their full potential. Only high performers do that. High performers bounce between three different zones. One, the comfort zone, two, the potential zone, and three, the chaos zone. In the comfort zone, we've disconnected from our vision for our lives. We've settled for the familiar, bought the lie that dreaming is for other people. There is no actions, no goals, and no progress, but we rarely notice the inertia because it's so comfortable. The chaos zone is the one that traps more high performers. Have you ever tried to start a side hustle, lose 10 pounds, be a better spouse, earn a raise at your job, figure out crypto, and meditate more? All in the same weekend. That's the chaos zone. The potential zone is in the middle of those two extremes. It's the Goldilocks zone. Not too hot, not too cold, just right. You make steady, joyful progress on a handful of goals you care about. Each day, as you intentionally invest in best moments, you close the gap between your vision and your reality, end quote. I would like to echo Acuff's comments. You are a high performer. How do I know? Because high performers don't listen to podcasts like this either. They don't search the podcast app for personal development or self-improvement because they're too busy searching for murders in America or true crime. You know what continues to baffle me most days? Most people spend time looking for the misery in others' lives 
to make themselves feel better. Rather than actively looking for ways to improve their own lives, I just can't wrap my head around that. So let me ask you a question. Which of those three zones do you find yourself in right now? I'd wager it's not the potential zone. Because let's face it, most of us are either chilling in the well-advertised comfort zone or deep into the unsustainable chaos zone. If you happen to be in that potential zone, my hat's off to you. You're an absolute rock star. For the rest of you, consider reading this book to dive deep into the strategies to move you towards the potential zone. Insight number three, make it easy to win. Quote, now for the best idea in the entire book. The answer is, you win the game by making the game easy. The best way to escape the comfort zone is to make the wins big and the work small. I initially felt a little uncomfortable even suggesting this until I started to study highly successful people. The executions are all different, but they all share similar elements when it comes to performance. One of these is that they always make their games easy to win. They are obsessed with setting themselves up for success. Most people do just the opposite of making things easier. They make up rules for their goals that guarantee they'll lose. End quote. Acuff shares a simple yet brilliant idea. Decide the game you want to play in life, whether it's about career, finances, relationships, or health, and then do what highly successful people do. Find ways to make it easy to win at your goals. Insight number four. Easy, middle, guaranteed. Quote, I've found that there are three types of goals that are the most productive for tapping into your full potential. Easy goals, middle goals, guaranteed goals. Think of it like a goal ladder with three runs. One of the vertical rails is effort and the other rail is time. The higher you climb from easy to middle to guaranteed, the greater amounts of effort and time you need to accomplish the goal. Easy goals are at the bottom. They're simple to reach and you barely have to take your foot off the ground. At the top of the ladder are guaranteed goals, which take a significant investment. In the middle are, get ready to have your mind blown, middle goals, end quote. Acuff makes the point that when you set easy goals, they should be super clear and not cost you a fortune. They should fit into your current schedule without a hitch and maybe even seem a bit too simple. Now, when it comes to middle goals, they're more like a month to three months in the making. They might require some adjustments to your daily routine. And lastly, guaranteed goals should be achievable within 90 days to a year, and they should be entirely under your control. Insight number five, plan a calendar heist. Quote, potential is hard because Netflix is easy. Potential is hard because Instagram is easy. Potential is hard because Facebook is easy. You might not often think about companies like that in the same sentence as your own potential, but you should. Twitter doesn't want you to start a business. TikTok doesn't want you to run a half marathon. HBO Max doesn't want you to write a book. Whenever you dare to spend more time exploring your potential and less time distracted, hundreds of thousands of people get very nervous. It's true, end quote. I get it. It might sound pretty obvious, but you've got to compare what he's saying with what you're actually doing. If you're spending tons of time on these sites, getting pulled away from your most important work, then it's time for a reread. Remember, social media companies are all about keeping you distracted. The real question is, are you going to let them? Quote, one of the reasons I've been able to write nine books is that I have a Swiss Army knife of actions. A lot of writers only have a few actions, such as write for two hours or do deep research on a topic. When 15 minutes of time shows up unexpectedly, they don't have an action that fits that space. 
I do, and you should too, because it gives you the entire day to play with, not just specific, perfect moments. Stealing back minutes from activities that don't deserve them and applying them to intentional actions feels amazing, end quote. I love that. Be on the lookout for pockets of time and then have a plan to attack any opportunities to attack the open space you find on your calendar. Insight number six, guarantee success. Quote, I'm going to sell one million books during my career. Less than 1% of authors accomplish that, but I guarantee it's going to happen. In the next 12 months, I'm going to be physically stronger than I've been in the last 10 years. By the end of the year, I will have read 13 times the number of books the average American reads in the same period. I guarantee it's going to happen. End quote. Now, how does Acuff make sure he's going to nail his goals? Well, he's got a creative set of rules, and one of them is all about making your goals super trackable. Each of these guaranteed goals has a nice, neat number attached to it. Doing CrossFit 150 times, devouring 52 books in a year, or walking 10,000 steps a day. But here's the kicker. Another rule he's got is that these guaranteed goals make you be really intentional. They demand about 5% of your week, which works out to roughly 8 hours. That means you've got to swap out some of your other activities to carve out time for your guaranteed goal. Quote, a guaranteed goal is going to stretch you, which means it's also going to stretch people's belief that you can accomplish it. When you tell a friend an easy goal, they should say, is that all? When you tell a friend a middle goal, they should say, good for you. When you tell a friend a guaranteed goal, they should say, are you sure? End quote. It really is a shame, isn't it, when you think about how many amazing goals, the kind that you could totally crush, end up abandoned because of what other people say about them. Just because the world might not buy into your guaranteed goal doesn't mean you have to hop on the doubter's bandwagon. Nope, you've got to chart your own course, run your own race, and here's the secret formula. Use all that doubt from others as rocket fuel for your success. Insight number seven, the scorecard. Quote, have you ever had a friend who navigates for you in the passenger seat but doesn't give you the directions soon enough? He doesn't say, in half a mile, you're going to take a right at the third light. Instead, as you get to an intersection, he blurts out, oh, this is your right, turn, turn, turn. It's an annoying experience because you never really feel confident about where you're going or how the trip is progressing. Your brain wants to know that about your life too, especially when it comes to the five big games of career, finances, relationships, health, and fun. Your brain is constantly curious about your progress, and so are you, end quote. That is a simply brilliant analogy to how most people are leading their lives and why keeping score is so important. You will rarely improve on something that is not being measured. And Acuff has become a master at keeping score because, as he says, quote, in the absence of a scorecard, your brain will use someone else's. That's a big problem because when you score life against someone else's scorecard, you will always come up lacking, end quote. You have to admit, the message is crystal clear, right? If you don't step up and own the responsibility of keeping score in your own life, well, guess what? Your brain's going to start playing some wild games with you, and not the fun kind. It's like the world's worst game show, the comparison game. And let me tell you, this is one game you are destined to lose. Quote, the whole point of the scorecard is that we're tracking progress. Which part of the progress are you going to measure? The three most common items to measure are time, action, and results. 
When I write down how many hours I spent writing each week, I'm measuring time. When I check off a box on a chart after taking my vitamins, I'm measuring an action. When I update the amount of weight I lifted during a CrossFit workout, I'm measuring results. End quote. To be very honest, I'd heard all about keeping score for many, many years, but I was a bit of a slacker when it came to actually putting pen to paper, or in this case, tracking my steps. It wasn't until 2019 that I finally decided to get in this game. My first scorecard. Well, it was all about getting those 10,000 steps every day. And I'm so proud to say that I only missed that target once in over two and a half years. Call it a small step for mankind, but that was a giant leap for my daily step count per day and my confidence. It's a scorecard and this podcast, to be honest, that has kept me reading a book a week for close to three years now. The bottom line is that keeping score works. Insight number eight, down the goal ladder. Quote, we have massive goals that we know take small steps, but how do we translate big dreams into micro actions? That's the gap where most people give up. Most people find it impossible to break a huge hope into daily deeds. Most people find it difficult to turn potential into a goal, but we're not most people. We're going to accomplish that by going back down the goal ladder we just climbed up in the previous chapters, end quote. I snagged this nugget of wisdom straight from the last chapter of the book, and it's basically the goal-achieving blueprint. You start by dissecting your guaranteed goal, breaking it down into chunks that form a middle goal. And then, just when you thought you'd sliced it thin enough, you dice it up even smaller into bite-sized, doable steps that qualify as easy goals. Quote, when you go back down the goal ladder, You've just accomplished what 99% of people fail to do. You've taken a big game and made it actionable. You took someday and translated it into today, end quote. And there you have it. That's a wrap on the insights I wanted to share from yet another one of John Acuff's brilliant books. Now I heard rumblings that the man's on a mission to drop a new book every year for a good stretch. But honestly, I'm tempted to shoot him a text saying, hey John, step up your game. Share that genius wisdom twice as fast. But all jokes aside, as long as he's putting those words on paper, you can bet that I'll be reading every page and dishing out my favorite insights right here on this podcast. Until next time, stay curious and keep embracing the wonders of knowledge. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to Philosopher Insights with your host, Herb Land. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.